You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. his name amen thank you for being in the house of the lord tonight you may be seated amen we welcome all of our guests tonight to god's house we're glad that you're with us in the house of the lord tonight amen and uh, we're going into our bible study tonight and we're going to pick up on another lesson a prayer we spoke about prayer last week and um, so i'm i'm turning your attention to james chapter 5 and verse 16, that's the verse that we launched from last night with our last week with our study. James 5, 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And uh, last week we talked a little bit along the lines of prayer and fasting and uh, you can look at prayer and fasting as a jubilee prayer where we are called together and there's multiple examples that we spoke about last week where we're called together to pray and fast and fasting is something that brings our flesh our our life under subjection and uh, it it affects us personally and uh, yes it's possible for you to pray and fast for certain situations and circumstances but most of all prayer and fasting affects you or me as an individual and uh, it brings us into a place of prayer where God can speak to us and we become sensitive to his voice and uh, if there's ever an hour where we need to be sensitive to his voice it's this hour amen we need to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord and then we talked about uh, passionate prayer and that's fervent prayer or prayer that's occupying we're we're here on earth and we're part of of God's church and uh, there's there's a, a desire and a, a necessity for us to be passionate in our prayer and have a fervency in our prayer that simply just means red-hot prayer it's not just words it's not just repeating things it's allowing yourself to come into a place with God amen where prayer is uh, serious it's sincere and it's genuine right from your heart it's not about having perfect words to say it's not about having perfect phrases or cliches or not no it's not about that it's right from the depths of your heart where God connects with you in prayer amen and there's a powerful a powerfulness to praying in the spirit if you don't know what to pray uh, the Bible speaks to us that you can pray in the Spirit, and there's a passionate prayer that happens to you. So tonight I want to talk about the, the discipline of prayer and uh, how effectual uh, a prayer or effective prayer uh, is important in our lives. And when we talk about discipline and prayer, it, it, um, we don't talk about those often as going together, but uh, if we actually should because if we're going to be disciplined in prayer it's going to take 
a, 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 a seriousness, a sincereness of each of us as individuals that say, I'm going to set aside a time of disciplined prayer. And that can be uh, throughout the day, it can be particular times that you have set aside uh, uh, as an individual. It's not important that you pray at the exact same time as everyone else, but it is important that you are disciplined in your prayer, not just praying when you need to. Something's happening in your life. No, prayer is something that should be effective and effectual in our lives on a daily basis. So prayer shouldn't just be some random act that we do. But it's not uh, an accident that the followers of Jesus are called disciples, uh, which comes from the same uh, root word as discipline. Prayer is training. Uh, it's a training regiment that you and I bring ourselves into a place where we are disciplined and say, you know what, I am going to spend time in prayer no matter how busy my day is, no matter what's happening in my day. And, and the benefits of that is you will become discipled in prayer. It will become a daily discipline. Prayer should not be a couple times a week or when you have time or when you got something going on that you need God to help you with. Uh, today is the time where we bring ourselves together and, and, and discipline ourselves in prayer. God, help me to make prayer a part of my daily life. Now, I will just suggest to you, personally, I, I feel like um, early in the morning is the best time for prayer. But that's a personal choice because that's uh, when we're the less, dis less distracted by the things of life. And, and if we're not careful, the day goes by. And uh, if we haven't set aside time to pray, uh, before you know it, you're too tired. And uh, before you know it, the, the day's gone and you're ready for bed. And, and uh, you'll never be more tired if you forgot to pray. And it's time to pray and it's bedtime. I mean, that's just the way we're made. And so it is important for us to uh, set aside particular times for prayer. So I'm going to go to the passage of the Sermon on the Mount because there's a lot of teaching in this uh, uh, few chapters in Matthew. Uh, we'll, we'll begin with verse uh, 1 of chapter 5. It says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. Uh, if you look at this verse, Jesus is... He saw the ministry drawing uh, huge crowds, and uh, that was never an, a, a problem with the Lord. There was always going to be crowds, but you'll see in this verse that he, he climbs a hillside, and he takes his apprentices with him, his disciples, and they're committed to climb with him, and they're going to a quiet place where it's just going to be them. And uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching his disciples not preaching to sinners. He's talking to actually his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. And so, yes, as much as it's important for us to teach and preach prayer to people who don't know about it, it's just as important for us to talk about it if we claim to be a disciple of the Lord. It's hard to be a disciple of the Lord and not talk to him. Okay, that's very, very important. And so he always expects more of his disciples than he does of the crowd. There's always going to be a crowd. 
But the, the ones that say, you know what, I'm going to follow him because of who he is. I'm going to follow him because that's the right thing to do. I want to have a relationship with him. There's an expectation that he has from you and I that desire to have a relationship with him. There's a greater expectation of him wanting to commune and talk with you on a daily basis. And so he climbs higher with his disciples, and Jesus is, is not just telling them, what they want to hear uh, concerning salvation. He's, he's telling them uh, what he wants them to become and to do. He wants them to show forth uh, this powerful uh, demonstration of discipleship or being a disciple of the Lord. And so you see that in the very first uh, verse of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I could, we could spend uh, weeks on chapter 5, but I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 6. And verse 1, it says, Take heed that ye, that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Interestingly enough, he goes and continues in the Sermon on the Mount, and he's telling them to be especially careful uh, with uh, uh, their, their giving of alms and their performance of it. He's, he's telling them that he doesn't want it to become a theater. He doesn't want them to uh, be, be doing it just to be known. And he's leading them into uh, something very important. Uh, the, 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 ver the word that's used here in the Greek, the original root of that English word is theater. And Jesus is he's identifying the most common temptation in any area of spiritual discipline. And that temptation is for it to become more of a public issue than a personal issue. And when it comes to prayer, prayer is a spiritual discipline. And it's important, it's important that prayer conquers the old nature within us and the new nature of his supremeness rises to the top. And so he's actually going to talk about three things here when he talks about discipled prayer or disciplined prayer that's very important in our lives. I don't know about you, I just want to learn to pray more and better. More sincere and with greater depth. I want my life to be a life of prayer. Now, when you, when you make statements like, God, help me pray more, be careful. <laughs> because if you're not disciplining yourself to pray more, he'll help you pray more. There may be things happen in your life that will send you to prayer. Amen. Make sure that when you're, when you're wanting to be a, a, a more in prayer and a greater prayer warrior and to spend more time in prayer, that you're discipling, disciplining yourself to be more in prayer. Because God has a way of getting my attention, getting your attention. First uh, John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Um, John writes, writes that, and he talks about three things. And the Lord is going to approach these three things in chapter 6 of Matthew. And so he introduces these three areas of spiritual disciplines, when we give, when we pray, and when we fast. And he's 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 telling his disciples, he's talking to his church, he's talking to his people, that uh, we're, we're, we're tempted to talk more about it 
than we are to walk it. Okay? And, and there's a lot of people that talk prayer, but are not walking prayer. <laughs> They're talking about wanting to pray, but we have to discipline ourselves to pray. So there's a big difference between me talking it and actually doing it. And uh, so the Lord's, he's, he's coming against this temptation that even his disciples come up against at times. And he's talking to them, listen, listen, there's a temptation that there's going to be a lot of talk and not as much walk. And that's why he uses this word that we get our English word from called theater. That's an acting. That's not actual. That's an acting. And the Lord's wanting us not to, not to act it out. He's wanting it to be part of our lives on a daily basis and it to become a discipline. So Jesus is not saying that you, that you always have to do your giving, praying, and fasting in secret. That's not what he's trying to get across. He's simply teaching that giving and praying and fasting is motivated by a desire that uh, your reward is something that God's given you and it's not coming from others. My giving, my praying, my fasting is not to impress you. If that's the reason, I'm doing it for the wrong reason. The reasons behind that is the discipline of it becoming part of my daily life. And if I miss that, I'm missing the reward that God's trying to give me. I'm, I, it's, it's not about whether it impresses you or you feel good about it or, or you're glad I did this or did that. It has nothing to do about that. If that's the way it is, then that becomes a public reward and everything, everything else uh, is, is eliminated from what God would like to do in my life. So he's not trying for you and I to do it secretly so no one knows. Uh, he's trying for us to do it for the right reason that he can reward you, and it's not about uh, what you receive from people. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about each one. And so first of all, he speaks about when you give, and he says that in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, verse 3, but when thou doest alms, let not thine left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And so uh, when you do something for someone else, he's saying don't call attention to yourself. It's not about the action that you become a play actor. He's not wanting it to become theater. He's wanting to uh, let something happen in your life that says this is becoming a practice, that it's a discipline of my life. So giving is important discipline because it helps us conquer the lust of the eyes. And what is the lust of the eyes? The lust of the eyes is I want. I want. You know, we, we, we kind of limit it to certain areas of society. It's not, it's not just certain areas of society. Lust of the eyes is something that I want. And what happens is uh, when, when the sincerity of giving happens from my life, it, it helps conquer the I want. Give me. I'm going to get. It's not about me. It's about him. 
And so what happens with giving, if it's for the right reason and you're doing it from the inside of the, of the heart and, and there's a cheerfulness, then what it helps you do is it helps you to conquer that lust of the eyes where it says, I want this and I want that. Because it becomes more important that it's about him. And that's the key with the giving part. Then he goes into uh, when you fast. And you can read this part in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. What fasting does is that it's the discipline that helps us conquer the lust of the flesh. And what's the lust of the flesh? The lust of the flesh is I need. The lust of the eyes is I want. The lust of the flesh is I need. And what fasting does, it brings my flesh under subjection that it's not about what I need. It's about what he wants. It's about what his desires are. It's about what his, his uh, vision is for my life, what he wants to do in my life. And, and folks, it uh, uh, doesn't matter who we are, we're made selfishly. That's just the way we are. Okay, I, I'm not trying to make you look bad. Every one of us in this room are made with a selfishness. And that's just the way we are. And so our flesh has to be brought under subjection. And for the lust of the flesh to be brought under, under subjection, what it does is it helps conquer the I need. I, 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 I need this, and I need you to do that, and I need this at this moment, and I need this from someone, and I need this from someone else. And all of a sudden, if we're not careful, it's all about what I need instead of what he wants. And so what happens is fasting brings us into a discipline um, where uh, fasting is, is negative for our flesh, but it's positive for our spirit. It intensifies your prayer life like nothing else can. And there's something that happens inside of you uh, when, when you fast. And so you see, when you give, you take care of the lust of the eyes, the eye I want. And when you take care, or when you fast, you take care of the lust of the flesh, which is the I need. Mark 9, 29 says, and he said unto them, this kind can, can come forth but by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Your fast is between you and God. It's not to impress someone else on how spiritual you are. Listen, you may join with someone on a fast, and that's totally understandable. But this is not, this is not about impressing someone with how spiritual you are. It's not about, well, you know, because what happens is um, if you're not careful, the I wants won't get conquered. <laughs> what happens when you and I fast before him, that fast between you and God, you're denying your flesh in such a way that, uh, that it's, it's, it's a denial that will endure. And that's why fasting is good beyond just something to do, which is health. There's even health benefits to it uh, at times. But if God's leading you into a fast, he will open up avenues where he can talk to you. 
And we go through, and I've said this to you before, we go through all different avenues of fasting. People fast different things, and that's all fine and dandy. Um, but uh, if you look at uh, the examples that are used within Scripture, in almost all cases, they are uh, abstaining from food. And so it allows our flesh to come under subjection that, that the conquered I need uh, is taking place. Now, these, these are all in... These are all in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, he's not talking to non-believers. He's talking to his disciples. And he's pulled them out of the crowd, and he's taken them up the hill, and he says, listen, I want to I talk to you a little bit of how, how uh, necessary this is for you to accomplish what I want to do in your life. And the third thing is when you and I pray. And you can see that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. And so the third thing that he talks about is when you and I pray. Starts with giving. Secondly, he speaks here about fasting. And thirdly, he's speaking about Praying. praying is the discipline that helps us conquer the pride of life. And the pride of life is I'm in charge. That's what pride is. I'm in charge. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to change it. I'm, 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 I'm. That's, that's built out of pride. And what prayer does is it brings him up and me down. He increases, and I decrease. He's exalted, and I'm abased. He's glorified, and I'm brought low. He's the potter, and I'm the clay. He's the savior, and I'm the sinner. He's the creator, and I am his creation. And so note, notice two things that Jesus says here in this instructions. We are taught not, not to pray before we're taught how to pray. He's going to, he's going to go on in chapter, verse 9, and he's going, to teach them, uh, he's going to teach them how to pray, but he first starts with teaching them how not to pray. Get yourself, he said, out of the way. Now, if you, you go back to culture, and he uses this, Example of a closet, and he talks about it. If you study uh, some culture there, uh, the houses, the Jewish houses were flat. And uh, the closet that's being talked about is not necessarily just a, a room, although you can have a room for prayer. But he's not talking about you have to have a room where you shut the door and all that. What they did was they would go up on top of their house where everything else was, was there was no distractions. And they would pray on the top or the roof of their home that was flat. It was like going into their closet. It was like shutting the door. It was eliminating all the distractions 
of life. Do you know, we've got a lot of distractions that are affecting us in 2023. If you're not careful, you can find yourself in prayer every 30 seconds, 45 seconds, checking if you got a text. I'm serious. Why does a phone call have to interrupt your time in prayer anyway? It happened, started a long time ago in this church, that when I found myself in prayer and someone called and Roger came to that back door and he saw me in prayer, he didn't interrupt prayer time. I know there's lots of important things in life, but there's none more important than you talking to the Lord. None. Not another thing is more important than you talking to the Lord. Get yourself closed in your closet where God can talk to you and to you alone. I'm talking about prayer. I'm not talking about just saying words and putting in time. I'm talking about he taught them not or how not to pray before he taught them to pray. And so the right attitude in prayer uh, is, is as needed as it is the right approach in prayer. See, don't, don't, don't misunderstand the Scripture. Jesus is not condemning repeated requests. He told us to, to ask and to seek and to knock. He didn't say you only had to do that once. I mean, he prayed the same prayer more than once. Let this cup pass for me. He didn't pray that just once. So it's not that he's not talking about re repeated requests. He's talking about vain repetition. And the Greek uh, word there uh, means the equivalent of a broken record. Now, I, I, I'm old enough to have, know what records are. And a lot of people in here are older than me. You know what records are, even different size records. But you know when, you, when the record was going and it went around on the same thing over and over and over? And out of that came the term. They just sound like a broken record. <laughs> it's just a repeat, repeat, repeat. And, uh, and, and, and so that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about not asking the requests again. He's talking about it becoming vain repetition that we don't even uh, realize that we're just in a routine of repeating uh, meaningless repetitious words. He says avoid that. Uh, let, let that not be part of your prayer. Uh, and, and so he uses this third thing to help us to bring our, ourselves into a level of where pride is not the focus. Because, folks, you and I, um, our goal is not to be in charge. Our goal is for him to be in charge. I want him in charge of my life. Listen, I, I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to you. Uh, <clears throat> especially men. Men, men are, they want to fix everything. And that's, that's how we're made. And, and God made us that way. But he also wants us to understand that our faith and trust comes from him. And, and God, I need you. I don't know how to do this myself. I need you. I don't want to be in charge. Every time we get in charge, amen, there's, there's mistakes made and, and, and difficulties come. But God, I want you in charge. 
And that's what prayer does. So notice what he, he's talking to his disciples. He says he's talking about giving, he's talking about fasting, and he's talking about praying. And this becomes the prayer outline that he's going to teach them after he has told them about these three things. He's talking to them about giving, fasting, and praying. And then he gives the outline of this is how you pray. The routine of your day. This is something that you can use in communication where it becomes a, a healthy exercise of you just talking to the Lord and him talking to you. And he uses that in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9 down to verse 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And he gives them the manner of how they are to pray. And he, he starts that with praise. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's a praise aspect that comes from that. And that, that praise is where we raise a, a worship and an adoration to the Lord. Listen, no matter what's happening in your life, start your prayer time of giving God praise. Praise Him for who He is, not just for what He can do. Praise Him for who He is. He is the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Take some time, hallelujah, to lift your hands and to praise Him for who He is. Hallelujah. Thank God. Give Him glory and give Him praise. Brother Donnie preached it and read it on, on Sunday night in that Psalm 107. Four or five times it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord. For his goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Always allow yourself to give him praise. That's how he, that's how he uh, was teaching his disciples. It's more than just repeating a prayer that we know is the Lord's prayer. There's, there's an outline that's given to us. Praise. Then he says, he gives us the purpose. The purpose is thy kingdom come Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's the purpose. What is the purpose? The purpose is having God's approval. Just think of whatever's happening in your life. Work, family, situations with health, finance, whatever it is. You want God's approval. And that's where... You pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the key to making sure you get his approval. Not my kingdom come, God. Not what I want. Not what I think should happen. Not what I think I need. No, no. I'm, I'm already taking care of the I wants and the I needs, and I'm in charge. I'm giving it to him. God, I want your approval. That's the purpose when you're praying and having prayer time with the Lord, you start with praise. 
and you go directly to the purpose. God, whatever it is that you want in my life. What's the direction, God, that you want for my life today? Do you know what? If you'll pray God's purpose, he'll allow it to happen. Do you believe me tonight? If you pray God's purpose each day, he'll allow his purpose to happen. He'll put you on the pathway of what he desires for that day. I was just, me and Brother Hanscom were having this conversation this morning. And someone he just felt in his heart to, to go visit. Not someone who even comes to this church. But when he arrived there, she started crying. She said, God sent you today. And he's telling me that story. And I'm being reminded of a very similar story that happened to me on Thursday. I went to visit a couple, and, and they're elderly. And she said similar words. Brother Carter, God sent you today. Well, folks, there's a purpose that you can know in life. It's just not eeny, meeny, miny, mo. It's not to, I'm going to take a chance and see what, what sticks up against the wall. No, no, no. Let your purpose be thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, folks, that's uh, when you're, when you're uh, uh, getting out of the I, I, I want and the I needs and, and I'm in charge, that's the type of thing that happens in your life when it comes to prayer. Okay, got to hurry here. Thirdly is provision. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Notice, um, not the things for tomorrow or the things for next week or the things for a year from now, and there's nothing wrong with praying God's will for those things. But give us this day our daily bread. The things that, God, you know that I need today, let those things happen in my life. We all got a list of things that we want God to do. You got a list? Trust me, you got a list. Okay, there's always a list of things we want God to do. But what about just approaching God with your provision for today? You're not promised tomorrow anyway. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let my provision be this day, God. Give us this day our daily bread. Whatever it is that you know that I need today. Do you know... I know you know this, but a lot of things can change from the morning to the afternoon. A lot of things can change very quickly in your day. And when you know you've asked for the right provision for that day, you can be assured that God's going to take care of you that day, today, this day, provision. Then he, then he talks about pardon and forgive us our debts. 
The pardon idea is when you and I have gone too far. Uh, we've gone over the line. Uh, things that are contrary to his word. And, and that happens on, uh, to us from time to time. And sometimes um, more often than we would like. But there's, we have an advocate with the Father. You and I have an advocate with him. We can come to him and say, God, listen, I'm I messed up. I, I'm, I'm needing help here. Uh, for, forgive me, Lord, for what's happening in my life today. Uh, I, I, I need you to forgive me of my debts. Those can be things that I did. Those can be things that I should have did. Those can be thoughts. Those can be all kinds of things where I need God to pardon my life today. That's when you and I go too far. This is part of our prayer. This is part of after I get rid of the I, I wants and the I needs and I'm in charge, this is where we get serious with God. Don't pray if I've done something wrong. <laughs> That's like trying to sneak something past God. As if he can't figure out whether I've done stupid stuff. It's not, no, God, it's, it's, not, it's not if I fall. It's when I fall. I shall arise. God, I'm going to get back up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for your forgiveness. I'm going to start this, this day uh, with pardon. Uh, next, he, he talks about people. As we forgive our debtors. Uh, that's our relationships. Uh, no matter who it's with, uh, whether it's people in your own family, whether it's people you work with, live by, whatever the situation is, God, as we forgive our debtors. That's not uh, us waiting for them to come to us. He doesn't say we'll do that if they come and ask for forgiveness. No, he's telling us to pray that before people may even know they've done you wrong. And surely before they ever come to you. As we forgive our debtors. Then he talks about protection. So we've got praise, purpose, provision, pardon, people, and now protection. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That protection is the, the pain that can be caused to our lives. No matter what what scenario it can come from. The Bible talks about offenses will come. He talks about people will do you wrong. There's going to be all kinds of things in life that are not fair. There's going to be, th I mean, it's, it's endless. It's, there's, there's this called life. But, uh, God, lead us not into, uh, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Get, God, get, help me get my mind on straight that I'm not going to be affected in a negative way today by life. I'm not going to be affected negatively by a person, and I'm not going to be affected negatively by the things that are around me. The protection. This is about, this is about you and I praying and God helping us. After my I wants and I needs and I'm in charge, all that stuff's out of the way. I'm praying this with a sincereness and a sincerity in my heart. This is not repeating a prayer. This is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. How to pray. And so, God, whatever would cause me pain in my life, 
I need you to help me not fall into that temptation. And then he ends it with how he started it. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He ends it again with praise. You start with praise and you end with praise. You got praise and purpose and you got provision and pardon, people and protection, and you're going to end it again with praise. That is, that is an outline for you and I to have a prayer life. Now, there's other ways of praying. There's other, you can pray through the tabernacle, and I've taught that here before as well. There's different things you can pray. But if you follow that on a daily basis, folks, you will become disciplined in prayer. You will become a disciple of prayer. You will become powerful in prayer. You will have an authority in prayer. This is not lay you down to sleep stuff. We were going through prayer time one night at our house with a couple of the grandkids. And the first one named too many things. And the second one started crying because there wasn't anything left to pray for. And my wife was trying to encourage, this is something, no, I don't want to pray for that. The first one had taken all the good stuff. I mean, it's quite... Quite a dilemma when your grandkids, um, one takes all the good stuff for prayer and there's nothing left for the other one. Just remember, just remember this in verse 14, and we'll end it right here. Uh, and if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And this prayer connection that he he ends it with is, is a pretty important part of our prayer time with God. And he makes a very, that's a very serious statement. That if I get caught up in all the stuff of other people, and that's what my focus is, it's going to affect my relationship with God and how he forgives me. And I don't know about you, but I, I, don't want to, I don't want anything to do with that. I want to stay away from that as far as possible. And so, a lot of times, as I stated, our prayer, if we're not careful, becomes selfish. It's I want and I need and I'm in charge. And the idea that he's teaching his disciples is, let's, let's, let's get beyond that. Let's get beyond those things and get to... Get to the praise and the provision. And let, let's get to purpose and, and pardon and people and protection. Get ourselves out of the stuff of life and into the seriousness of our walk with him. And let me tell you, your prayer life will take a different route. It will. Start praying for other people. Start praying for their situation. Start praying for other families. Start praying for the needs of other individuals. And it's amazing when you turn your attention away from you and you start, you start praying 
the power of God's Spirit upon other people and other families and other marriages and other kids and other young people and other, other dilemmas and, and, and circumstances. All, all of a sudden, your mindset changes, folks. There's a power that happens to you in prayer. Let's stand. I'll probably do another lesson as we move forward. Prayer is a very important part of our, our walk with God. It's very, very crucial. It's, it's, um, it's not enough for me to call myself a Christian and not talk to Christ. God, I thank you for your wonderful people tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for how attentive they were to your word. And I thank you, Jesus, for the power and the authority of your word. And God, I thank you, Lord, for that effectual, that effective prayer. God, that's, that's beyond just the ordinary, just beyond just putting in time. But we can go to a different level and a different depth of you in prayer. And God, as we're going to be talking even next week with the group that come on Thursday about intercessory prayer and the, the depth of prayer that we can go to and how important that is. God, I just pray help us to build Help us to build our prayer lives, God, that it would become a spiritual discipline, a spiritual discipline that happens in our life on a daily basis, that it's just as, just as important as eating and sleeping, God, and, and it becomes part of the actual part of every, every day of our life, and we would feel terrible even if it was missed for a day. God, let your blessing be upon your people tonight. And God, keep your hand upon us, we pray. Guide and protect each one. Let them be mightily used for your glory and for your kingdom. And let your spirit rain down upon each person. And God, flood each one with blessings. God, beyond anything that we can do ourselves, only from you. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight at Mission Point. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.